guys, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Plant Medicine, Cannabis, Psychedelics, and Pharmaceuticals. Today, I am freaking stoked <laughs> to have this amazing queen with me, Dr. Sandra uh, Dreadbach. I hope I have not murdered her name. That's <laughs> no, okay. She, she is an amazing human we met on Clubhouse. But before we get to Dr. Sandra, you guys know what's up, what's up, what's up? You guys know what's up. So where are we? This is cannabis psychedelic uh, club. Uh, this is cannabis. Uh, let's talk plant medicine, cannabis psychedelic, and pharmaceutical. Okay, you guys know I'm tripping on my word already. That is how how honor I am to have Dr. Sandra with me. Aww. Anyway, forget about that part of it. Cannabis, uh, this is blessed of plant medicine, cannabis, uh, psychedelics, and pharmaceuticals with Dr. O. Who am I? I am your host, Dr. O, also known as Dr. Lola, a clinical pharmacist, uh, plant medicine queen. Yeah, you guys gave me the name. <laughs> yeah, I'm the founder of WCI Health. We are alternative health and hair wellness hub. We help you level up on your wellness journey using the healing powers of plant medicine like cannabis, psychedelics, using education as tools. So what else do we have? House cleaning, house cleaning, house cleaning. House cleaning, this show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Consult with your doctor for all your medical needs. Do not stop or start any medicine without talking to your doctor. Having said that, we can't even be here without you guys. I want to say thank you to our sponsor. First of all, the show is sponsored by WCI Health. Of course, you know the cool stuff about WCI Health. What do you do? You slide in their DM or their website, wci-health.com for all your Masterclass Cannabis as Medicine is up there. Your uh, Psychedelic as Medicine is about to launch. So be on the lookout for that. And of course, ta-da! The book of Pharmacy's Guide to Cannabis, Assertive awesome. of a Non-Conforming Clinician. So go grab your copy. It is amazing. It's your reference to cannabis. That is that. Other than that, I want to say thank you to you. Yes, you. <laughs> Without you, uh, we are not here. Those of you that are on Healthy Cost Wealth membership or you are supporting us through Patreon, we do appreciate you guys. And for those of you that are yet to join our tribe, it's a village. It's a village here. Please, please, please join our tribe, join our village. It takes a village to take this medicine, this message to our people. This plant has been demonized for generations, and we need more of us, people like Dr. Sandra with me today, to take this message to the next level. That's what's up. Other than that, what else is there? Oh, the other thing is that our clubhouse, Cannabis Psychedelic Club, is changing we're gonna be having it just on saturday now there are a lot of logistics going on but i'm gonna be posting schedules so check dm sliding dm and see all the cool stuff that is about to happen a lot of great stuff is gonna happen you guys need to stay tuned and one thing else i'm gonna ask you don't just listen to this show please share it with your loved ones love is sharing so share 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 it with your loved ones 
that's that. That's the house cleaning. The house is clean now. Let's talk. I have with me today amazing human Dr. Sandra Drepoc. She is an artist, a psychedelic artist. We're going to find out what that is about. She is a psychedelic facilitator. She's a consultant. She's a LGBTQ plus uh, supporter. She's an advocate for the community. She's, I told you guys, she's awesome. On top of all this amazing thing she's doing, she's also a Reiki specialist. So she's a Reiki master. That's awesome. Dr. Sandra, welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. And I loved how you clean house. <laughs> I want to clean house that way and magically make everything else go away with it. But I love that sort of energetic and uh, mental well-being, spiritual well-being sort of house cleaning. I mean, they, and, and it really is all that, especially the tribe bit. I just want to at least hit on that. I, one of the things I, I focus on a lot, uh, especially recently, is focusing on that aspect of love and community. It really does take a village. It really is a tribal effort that we all need to be working in this together for us all to have well-being and, and success. Absolutely. We, I mean, one would chase a thousand. That's my popular saying. Two would chase 10,000. That is amazing. I don't know where that math come from, but I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a community effort. So, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Sandra, for being here. I would like you, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you become an ethicist, psychedelic ethicist? What is that even about? What is psychedelic <laughs> ethics? What do they do? Well, I'll, I'll start with a little bit about my background. Um, you know, uh, especially in the West, people think uh, the doctor means medical doctor. I am not a medical doctor. I actually have a- You need that. <laughs> I tell folks, I, I, I deliver drugs. I don't deliver babies. That's right. That's <laughs> I deliver cute. drugs. I deliver drugs. That's a good no job. Babies. You know, I... <laughs> no babies here. Don't deliver. No, I'm not catching babies. We well, you know, if, if teacher rose, you might have to, you know, right? <laughs> Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, yeah, my PhD, I do have a PhD. A doctor is my official title. Um, and it is, I have a PhD in philosophy, in ethics, primarily in moral decision-making and moral psychology. And the ethics piece in terms of my work in psychedelic ethics, psychedelic ethics is applied ethics. It's really a new field. I, I actually coined the term myself, but it's it's very much in alignment with how we name things in, in philosophy, which is just basically that it's the applied branch looking at psychedelics. And for me, I'd say psychedelics and plant medicines. Um, it's just a, it's an easy way to talk about the space that I focus on. But in terms of, well, what does that what does that mean? What does that that look like um, in terms of the traditional world of philosophy, it's it's literally looking at both the ethical questions and concerns of the community as well as uh, uh, actually trying to figure out ways to improve it, to actually make it better. Not just about like saying, oh, this was crappy, this horrible thing had happened, you know, and let me write a paper about it. <laughs> <laughs> but but actually about like okay I actually work with the community I work as an ethicist um and and with my own understanding and practices with uh plant medicines as well so a lot of my my work um in terms of like ethics advisings of companies and individuals as well as psychedelic facilitation I do do some guide work on the on I, I almost want to say on the side but we'll see what spirit has in plan for me Absolutely. and and um but yeah that's the general overview of what what psychedelic ethics is about and what what I do in that space 
and don't we need it here we sure do need it i mean we see what well i mean all this stuff going on with cannabis sometimes so it's like uh ethicists like you have taken uh knowledge from what we learn from cannabis space and kind of helping us to navigate this uh relatively new even though it's not new this plant is been here new. forever but with them being uh locked up in the jail of human and politics uh people like you we're gonna need you more than ever before to help keep everybody straight and say no 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 we're not gonna do that right <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I i i appreciate you thank you so much for for acknowledging that need in the community and and from my work uh and and it's not and, I, and just to like clarify like i feel like a lot of times people look at ethics people and like, oh, are you just trying to police people or something like that? I'm like, no, that's not that's not my job. Like, it's the community's job to come up with the solutions. I'm just here to help you discern and mm -hmm. help navigate and to help use my my area of expertise involving making decisions, involving ethics, involving psychology and applied senses to help help the communities, various communities navigate, including, as you mentioned before, um, disenfranchised communities which um not just lgbtqia plus but also you know indigenous uh, traditions yeah like you mentioned like it's not new you know um to them you know they it, there must be a small part that might be going oh you think it's a psychedelic renaissance huh this is like been our whole way of being for centuries and you're just disconnected yourself from nature and from yourselves and now you're discovering it or uh -huh. rediscovering it um uh -huh. which uh <laughs> I, i'm not saying that that's necessarily what what people say but i think there's a humility that uh we in the west need to come to these uh, plant medicines with and and reconnecting with our own natures and with respect to previous traditions um, as a way to realize that a lot of these disenfranchised voices, which included these communities, have had their wisdom seen as uh, primitive or savage, right? Um, even the word tribal can be triggering for like that, that's that that mm -hmm. word. Um, means something primitive and and arcane, and that that those 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 ways of being in the world are not um, not only not ethical, um, but are would take us back away from civilization, quote unquote civilization. And yeah, and I quite agree with you because, like, I mean, I don't know whether you've, uh, I'm sure you know that I was born in Nigeria, in western part of Africa. Yes. And when people ask me, they're like, oh, how did you come into uh, plant medicine? How are you able to talk? They're like, no, that is me. <laughs> that is me. I was raised. I was, I didn't even learn how to use herbs. You know, right. like I remember growing up we, when we have malaria we used to like we had mango tree lemongrass at the back of my house they would just grab grab some of this leaf the back take it brew it like kind of like the ayahuasca type of brewing they give it to you you drink and you are back outside within the next couple of minutes running around and playing in the rain so i said no that's that's the way of life of our people there are some you don't need to reach out to the spirit of the plants to to know what what's going on there you can just grow in, in your in your open market and buy this plant but there are some that are really really sacred that you have to have an herbalist uh, a shaman type of person that is going to consult with the spirit of this plant and we are just like you said it's not it's not renaissance but sometimes we especially we that we are western trained as well we have to be politically 
correct all the time and, and all that stuff. It, nature is being good to us. Nature Absolutely. is being good to us. Yeah. And I love that you shared that story because like, and, and that's the thing, like we, I mean, and not to say that everyone in the West has grown up without that. I think there definitely are people who have grown up with that connection with nature and that relationship and understanding that those plant medicines are medicines that yeah. all, all that we consume, all that we take into our bodies, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether you're connecting to them spiritually or just in terms of, you know, understanding how they can be restorative. Yeah, even uh, uh, when you talk about organic, that's the part of our nature. That's the part of plants medicine. It's like I call it uh, nutraceutical, using nutrition as a wellness tool, as your pharmaceutical, that like we have pharmaceutical. We can also use our food, uh, our fruit as a nutraceutical, as a nutrient to, to nourish our body and, and our spirit. That brings me to the next question, Dr. Sandra. Okay. With the, uh, a lot of people, everybody is interested in psychedelic science, psychedelic experience right now. And you as a, as a PhD doctor, what do you think uh, in terms of psychedelic therapy and research, what are your hope? What, what do you hope we are gonna be able to do uh, when they talk about uh, psychedelic uh, research? Well, you know, I, I have I have so many hopes um, for what we can build and, and create. I know sometimes people focus on the concerns that they have, um, but I, I really think it's important to focus on what we want to create uh, as a community and what we want to heal and grow. And and exactly what we were, you know, part of is just what we we're talking about, that idea of thinking in a community mindset, for instance, in the West versus in an individual mindset only, right? Um, and And not that we would be doing community at the expense of the individual, but a sense of balance, right? Um, so one of my hopes with, with psychedelic therapy and research is people come to work with plant medicines more and psychedelics, that they will, that we can shift our societies to ones that are actually more supportive, that actually create more supportive communities and healing. And, and, and I have way more than that, but that's just like one of them. And really, I mean, uh, you know, raising the collective consciousness, connecting more in love, healing a lot of these traumas and, and, and damage we've done simply, and I, and I use the West because that's where I grew up. I grew up without that connection, right? Um, and, and that was, it was a more conscious, effortful process, uh, which thankfully is, is easier now, but I had to, to learn it. And I think we're going to have this more more bridging of understanding of the wisdom of all cultures, all practices, all ethnicities, all diversity, and holding space for each other in, in whatever we have come to understand from our own practices. There are strengths from science and there are strengths from plant medicine communities. And we need to have space for both. We can't just be resorting to the, the pill mindset in the West nor purely without, you know, um, the wisdom that science has given us to actually help plant medicines as well. So, so I really, I really feel like, you know, it, it's, I think we're really seeing that the real renaissance I'm seeing, the rebirth that I'm seeing is a rebirth of ourselves, of our societies as a connecting with each other, that reconnecting to this aspect of ourselves and, and healing that um, and holding space in a yeah, meaningful way. You see when you, uh, that just, uh, kind of sum up my um, my thought on the whole thing. Sometimes when I'm in a room, especially in clubhouse, that's where most of us live now. Yeah. <laughs> 
Did you see what happened with uh, Facebook going down? It was like an Omega just. It so was that's like, what I heard, you know, I wasn't on at the time, but people were like, oh my God, it's down, it's down. I'm like, okay, like, guys. The world has come to an end. It's crazy, man. When, well, sometimes when I'm in these rooms and people will be like, oh, we do not want big farmers and all that. I said, no, see, science has perfected the act there's some space, some things, especially when it comes to routes of administration, when you come talk about dosing, packaging, pharmaceutical, big farmers have gone way ahead of everybody. And we're not gonna grab everybody that have, all of us that are suffering from, because we all are suffering from something, one thing or the other. We are, not, we are all working towards that profession, towards that health. We are not going to gather all of us and say, hey, folks, let's go to Congo. Let's go to, to Buiti land. No, how many of us can you take to, to Costa Rica to go and have a burger wellness treatment? We're going to need folks. We're going to need modern medicine. That's going to help us package this, uh, this uh, plant into very accessible ways. Because even some of the... Uh, psychedelic journey, the experience, this wellness center, it's not cheap. And it's not, it's everybody, not even if it's cheap, it's not everybody that is going to be able to afford to travel to these places. And so that's, I believe, I totally agree with you, Dr. Sandra, that we're going to need both. That brings me to uh, my next question. And now when, when you finish answering, I'm going to come in and tell you my, my own concern as far yeah, we're going to need both, but at the same time, we really do still need to be careful. What are your concerns? What are the issues that you're seeing? What are your concerns when it comes to the psychedelic space, how we are going about it right now? Uh, you know, I have, you know, it's so funny because like when I started looking into the space, like you were saying earlier, that there really is a great need to have these open, honest conversations about, about these concerns, about the ethical issues. Um, you know, uh, so a concerning uh, case came up last week that got the whole psychedelic community talking about it. Don't have to talk about it right now, but it just highlights the reason why it gets in part its attention. These sort of issues as they crop up is because we haven't found effective ways of supporting these conversations currently. Mm -hmm. So in terms of, you know, one of the concerns I have is that uh, we need to rise to this well, well, I want to say opportunity. I don't like putting things in terms of negative mindsets. The opportunity to grow as a community and find new ways of bridging the gap of understanding and creating more opportunities for open, honest conversations like this one, where we talk about like, well, what are the concerns? Uh, I mean, like we, I think there's a, a lot of good heart in both sides and both sides being like the sort of, you know, people who've already been in the psychedelic community for a long time and also people who are coming into either the research or the practices or the therapy. But uh, there's in this sort of transition, just like in a birth, <laughs> um, there's this moment, you know, where like you, you start, people can panic and people can get afraid and people can have anxiety and react from that space of fear. And I think I see some of that happening um, which causes some conflict within the community. But if people always connect with each other, come back, get grounded, um, <laughs> a focus on what, you know, for me, like, uh, that's why I think we're in the place where I think ethics and values helps is that it helps to create that compass, that North Star, 
that just like the North Star Ethics Pledge, you can see that there's other ethics pledges like the Conclave and others. So many communities are really trying to and working towards ongoing solutions. But that North Star, that that compass north, that magnetic north mm -hmm. can be that values um, that that redirects you, that helps you to make decisions, which is one of things I've, I've focused on a lot. It's like, well, how do we make these decisions given that it's, it's never going to be done <laughs> it's going to be an ongoing process and and just like a seed coming out from the ground pushing out at the little seedling it's very vulnerable it's very new it's figuring out you know how do i take all this knowledge and resources i have and do it in a good way that so that everyone flourishes that everyone succeeds that it's not a win lose it's not even win win which is like kind of equanimital, like equal. Um, it's really about, you know, that sort of win, 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 everyone flourishes, everyone benefits. And that's that's the community mindset. So so for me, my my magnetic north is is love and community is what I check against. Uh, and 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 that and to realize that um you know in terms of the concern, I also have the solution for me is that okay, for me the concern is that I'm I'm going to get triggered by fears or anxieties or concerns or like, oh, what about these abuses or what about what about these new people coming to space who are coming in wine medicine or simply not having enough guides and facilitators to help people. Uh, and and if you come back to that idea of love and community uh, for myself, at least uh, that then that means I need to double down on those things that if we create more community, we find ways of welcoming new people coming to the space in a responsible way and help educate each other, support each other, continue having conversations, uh, that, that, that is going to be key to me, uh, at least in terms of what I see, uh, going forward. And, and I think, I think it's, it's a natural process. Like, like I was saying, like transition for birth or, or coming out and growing up as a new seedling from the ground. It, it's, this is a, what's new isn't the medicines it's new is, is trying to, um, heal, um, all these sort of western practices or trying to heal how we've done things in broken ways and 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 broken in all directions we've all had we've all we've all make mistakes we're all you know human yeah, we're all, all you know yeah, no, yeah. no community is perfect okay you know they're all imperfectly even, perfect yeah it's not even just the, the west even the indigenous folks it's a lot that goes into uh into us Yes. as a community as a society is nobody is perfect you, no. everybody is just trying to figure it out and sometimes i mean when a, a wave comes everybody oh it's a wave but we gotta turn it down <laughs> see, that's what see for me maybe it's because i was born into that culture yeah and for for the earlier part of my my life we grew up seeing some of the practices of our indigenous people of our father every africa and indigenous folks we are so diverse in nigeria alone we have i can count how many tribes we have you know and under those tribes then you have sub tribes so everybody does their things in a different way so it's not cookies and cream butterflies and roses it's not yeah there's some cookies and cream butterflies and roses there but at the same time we have to tread lightly lightly sometimes so we i i have been in a in a room before when 
one of my my sisters, not my <laughs> sister by birth, well, just somebody like you. Sister by land. Yes, by that came to me. I was talking about going to Africa and all that stuff. And I have to say, you know what? I need you to don't just uh, take any action. You need to calm down. You need to make sure you got the right people. I am here to look out for my, for my own. Yeah. yeah, I am here to look out for my own because you, Dr. Sandra, you are my sister. And you I'm are my sister so too. You, it's, it's not a bed of roses. You have, we have to be careful. We have Absolutely. to make sure we are vetting everybody or anywhere we are going. We cannot just be naive and just open ourselves up to danger. There are dangers everywhere. We have to be. No, and, and part of it is, is respect and understanding. You know, yeah. understand not just what you know, but what you don't know, what you don't Absolutely. understand. Yeah, you know, re respect, you know, holding space for those differences, uh, which is which is rich, right? Yeah. Rich and beautiful uh, yeah. that we don't want to be all one homogenous. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I think we tried it in the West and that didn't work out, you know, and, and there are times where like you know, everyone tried to be different. Like we have to hold space for both and, and, and that's why we need people like you in this space to always redirect us back to our core to our not like you just said be, yeah we we need people because uh when you look at uh what bringing it back to pharmaceuticals and, and medicine when you look at uh what we went through with the opioid addiction with the opioid oh. epidemics uh part of uh when people say, oh, we don't want big pharma, I'm like, yeah, we know what could happen from big pharma. Uh, but at the same time, big farmers are not bad. They are good. That comes from that. So when, when we look at the psychedelic space, I get a little bit nervous sometimes when I start hearing, oh, we're going to modify this, not just in psychedelic space, even in cannabis, we're going to modify, add this thing to the, to the compound, add I said, yeah, there are some people that are going to need those medicines in that very strength, in that high potency. But are we going to be, be uh, ethical enough to tell folks that this particular uh, strain or this particular type is not for everybody? Or are we just going to so leave true. it out there? Somebody just did a dental work. Oh, give him uh, Embida, give him Oxycontin, give him Oxycodone. Can we just try Tylenol first? Can we just <laughs> try Ibuprofen first? What are your take in, you know, what values are important to you? What do you think? Well, uh, and, and just on what you're saying, I, I, the same relationship that I was mentioning about, you know, respect and understanding for people, I also have for plant medicines and other medicines, right? Uh, that, that I think we've come out of balance in terms of you mentioning about big pharma, right? I think the distrust there in part has been generated by the fact of feeling that it hasn't been towards our benefit consistently that there actually has been harms that have happened. And, and, uh, and you can talk about different types of harms and, and we're not just talking about capitalism here, right? Um, harms that have come from pharmaceutical medications and dependencies and a, and a different form of addiction that was created, you know, through, like you mentioned the opioid epidemic, you know, you think about Oxycontin um, and what that's done um, in terms of opioid and opiate addiction. 
and 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 yet people want to focus on like heroin as as the as the quote unquote cause, right? Um, but a lot of people, you know, in terms of the space, turn to it when they no longer could get oxycotton anymore, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so and 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 then you think of uh, plant medicine like kratom. Mm-hmm. which has uh which is an opiate not an opioid right mm-hmm. um <laughs> sorry the opposite the opposite the opposite oh. <laughs> an opioid yeah, not yeah. an opiate <laughs> gosh I, you know like yeah. good thing i have a pharmacologist yeah. around yeah. <laughs> yeah. but that's it you know you have a plant medicine that has a beautiful supportive element mm-hmm. and and a lot of uh people who've had opiate addictions have turned to it and it's a it's legal in in the United States right now and in many other countries and, and actually Thailand, which was one of the places it was illegal, I believe has, has shifted its position. And yet, but we don't have a good way of teaching people or connecting people with plant medicines through our regular um, Western pharmaceutical practices mm-hmm. um, because you can't control it and regulate it in the same way. And, and our industry has been built around the pharmacological industry has been mm-hmm. a medical industry, like even Western medical doctors. They're not trained in plant medicines. They're not even trained a lot of times in nutrition, if more than a week, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, <laughs> so it's like, well, should it shock you that they can't tell you to take, try Kratom instead? They, they, they can't. The other thing you got to realize is that when it comes to uh, plant medicine, we in the medical profession, and I'm not, I'm including myself in the, we've been really biased when it comes to plant medicine. Yeah. Average medical professionals, we've been raised to, to see plant medicine as the bad guy, the boogie person, where, whereby a lot of our pharmaceutics, conventional medicine, we are originally derived from this plant. Absolutely. And to connect back to psychedelics, right? You know, LSD was, you know, came from ergot fungus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, um, and, and, and it was through that natural discovery that, um, and it was from actually even midwives just to get into practices that they were using um, the, the ergot to help women who were giving childbirth, since I mentioned And childbirth. you know what, what ergot, sorry to come in, and you know no. what ergot, what other medicine I belongs to the family of ergot? Those are the, our anti-migraine, our trypt- tryptamines. All the tryptamines. Uh, somatryptamine, imitrex, all those well, stuff, bitabitol. Well, Fioricet, Fiorina, all those people, all those compound pharmaceuticals, they all belong to the Eggers family. And we yeah, have- and, and there's so many like in, in plant medicines and psychedelics like, uh, or pharmaceuticals, like they, they came like aspirin, like you mentioned from the birch tree or um, looking at MDMA from sassafras, which had mm-hmm. you know, a lot of you know, traditional practices around sassafras as well as, mm-hmm. or, or, or things that you see every day, like tobacco, mother tobacco or uh, cacao, right? Um, these all had ceremonial practices and additional practices that we in the West have been detached from. Even the uh, even the antidepressant, our main antidepressant SSRIs were originally derived from the pathways of the psychedelics. That was how we discover SSRI when they started understanding the science of the psychedelic plants. Then that was how they were able, and that for how many years? I haven't heard that story. I think I want to hear the discovery story from you now. But I do know, like, for instance, psilocybin, the the plant medicine from the mushroom, Mm -hmm. or at least one of the mushrooms, because also other plant medicines from mushrooms, um, Mm -hmm. uh, whether you're talking about lion's mane or whether you're talking Mm -hmm. about Amanita muscaria and Mm -hmm. others. But uh, in terms of uh, 
psilocybin, it's a partial agonist of the serotonin receptors mm -hmm. or, or the amanita, which I mentioned is it's the GABA receptors. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, and, and now we're, of course, you know, the Renaissance and the, the research is now verifying what mm -hmm. traditional practices have known for millennia. Yeah, and right. the, the, the indigenous folks, they have learned for generations how to work with this plant. They, like I tell people, I when I was growing up with these herbs, I keep going back to malaria because that was the, the main thing uh, that I grew up with coming from a temperate uh, region of the world. They don't even measure it like, oh, this is, they just, you just highball it. I still do that up to today when I'm cooking. I just look, okay, this salmon is much salt. I don't know how to cook and measure this, measure that. These folks, they have learned, they have perfected the act of just looking at these stuff and being able to work with these sacred plants in that way. And we are not saying their ways is the perfect way. No, but when we match two of them together, the beauty of science with the beauty of nature in this magic that we are having. And that's it. I think I think it's that, you know, it's that same sort of idea, you know, that I mentioned with with people, with plants that we can have with practices and communities of medicine, that the plant medicine communities and traditional healers, um, you know, whether or, or new age healers, you know, other ways, you know, and I know not everyone likes to use the word healer. Um, the people who have worked with the plant medicines and understand them and have relationship with them and working with, you know, Western traditional, you know, um, or even, you know, other traditions like Eastern traditions, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. acupuncture um, mm -hmm. from Chinese medicine and others, you know, I think, I think we're starting to see our more willingness and openness to see that there's wisdom in all of these practices and traditions, all of them. Yeah, absolutely. That brings me to you. How has working in the psychedelic space, how has it affected your life? How has it, how, you know? You know, my instinctual answer always wants to be like, how has it not affected my life? If, if anything, I've, I've been surprised to see how how vast it was. And I, and I honestly would say like from how I was raised in a Western mindset, I was skeptical. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm skeptical about so many other spaces and even the ones I was open to like you know I mean I did the typical where I experimented in my my early late teens early 20s you know and mm -hmm. actually well actually no I mean depending upon how you count you know this is the other thing right you know like well cannabis like I, I almost you know treat a different way I, I'm in California I grew up in California uh born and raised multiple generations so <laughs> I've had I've had time to be brainwashed in California style and thinking but um <laughs> <laughs> that's all with love everyone in california <laughs> but, uh, we are coming out there all of you do yoga <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's true i i joke when i uh was at uh, ucsc that i well, and i teach i do i do teach bioethics at uc santa cruz and and i work with students and i teach about psychedelics and plant medicines um to an extent in my bioethics course and um as a way of discussing about these issues you know but uh because i'm in you know santa cruz is one of the decrim zones and and decriminalization really matters to me too mm -hmm. i think that's part of the the longer term solution uh actually ideally it'd be short term but i know it's going to take time so <laughs> but yeah, in yeah. terms of how it's affected me i mean it really has affected. i mean like i i i'm like if someone had just asked me you know before i i understood more about 
the research or more about my own relationship with plant medicines or worked with them more consciously for myself and for my own well-being and doing my own internal work. I always said, yeah, you know, there's probably some benefit. Yeah, you know, I'm sure the research will show something, you know, like, you know, <laughs> like it would have been a sort of casual, but I certainly did not anticipate to be as life transformative and as healing as it is. Um, and that, and that goes from everything I was, you know, even if you talk about like microdosing and stuff like that, I had, I had huge skepticism towards that too. Um, and I've, I've, I've borne witness to it all. I've seen the transformation. I've, I've, I, I, I've held well, space me. for people for small to large, you know, everything yeah. in between. Yeah. And I, I, and I'm not saying, you know, people don't have challenging experiences. That's part of the healing process. You know, don't yeah. expect it to be unicorns and rainbows when you're doing healing. Right. You know, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and, and I could not be more thankful for, for plant medicines. Um, and there's a shout out to thank you plant medicine community. Um, <laughs> um, you know, because I, it, it's humbled me. It's, it's made me a better ethicist. It's made me a better uh, person, a better member of the community. And even though, uh, you know, I, I started with the idea of thinking I was going to help the psychedelic community and the psychedelic ethics, you know, space and help develop it as a practice and understanding. Um, it's, it's done vastly more for me, I feel than, than I've done for it. I, 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 and I, and I hope to do more and I hope to be of more service and I, I constantly driven towards that, but, uh, it, I, I've, I've changed my whole entire way of being and no, for anyone who's like not in the psychedelic plant medicine community, it's not because I'm high all the time. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, like so many things that you were mentioning earlier, like, um, like I was taught to be, you know, because of the war of drugs of 50 years by Nixon, mm -hmm. you know, for various, you know, political reasons. And I think it's, mm -hmm. there's enough evidence now to clearly say that, um, mm -hmm. that, you know, I was taught to be afraid of all psychedelics. I was taught to be afraid of all plant medicines. I was taught to be uh, specifically afraid of the mushroom. All of us were, I mean, all of us, even those of us that were born into plant medicine, when it comes to cannabis, it, it's like a no-go zone. It's like you can't even, even right now, I have this club that I just started, American, uh, African Canadelic Club, where I'm trying oh. to reach out to the, to I the love diaspora. That. Most of the, and it's also for supporters, not just for, you know, just to begin to talk. Most of the time, I mean, we just started, but I hope eventually uh, people will come in and begin to open up. But when you see the injustice that people have yeah. suffered as a result of trying to heal themselves, even knowingly or unknowingly, because I believe if we don't need water, if we are not tested, we won't be grabbing a bottle of water. It's because our body is deficient in something. That's why we reach for this thing. If this thing doesn't affect us it doesn't affect us positively we're not gonna be reaching out for them so in a place like uh that side of the world whereby when you talk about jail jail is not funny there's no it's not a place where you can watch a maury show or prison so it's a nasty place you sit down there you poop and pee there so when people think of what the the situation they're gonna find themselves if if they get caught with this plan is this plan it's not different from our spinach the beauty is that nature added a little extra for us to enjoy 
and it's not just a little. So when you look at that, I can understand how our people are still skeptical of even being in a room where that is being discussed. That brings me to uh, this next question. You, as an ethicist, I cannot even let you go. I will be doing injustice to have my people. <laughs> if I have a, a professional like you, and I don't ask you, when it comes to the Black Indigenous people of color and the Amazonia, how do you think we can be, there's no way we're gonna be fully just, but we can at least cater to the need of the people that have been victimized the most yeah. in this space. And I'm I'm asking some people be like, okay, yeah, she's a white woman. Yeah, she's a white woman. But when I look at the campaign that we had in the summer, last summer during the George Floyd uh, situation, it takes us, it's us that made that, that, that campaign a success. You get what I'm saying? Because absolutely, the power that be will want to uh, peg us against each other. They want us to be apart. But us, our village coming together, we are very powerful. And so I tell powerful. people, I say, it's going to take all of us. We cannot say, no, you, this is the color of your skin. This is who you love. This is who, how you worship. It is all of us. And it's, uh, that us was what, in my opinion, why we were able to be able to, even though it was a sad situation, but at least get a little bit of justice for that family. How do you think we can navigate that space when it comes to the black indigenous people of color that have been criminalized the most when it comes to plant medicine? As an ethicist, you know, you are the professional. <laughs> well, I mean, in part of your, your question already contained the answer because it's, it's with, it's in community with them. It's not by telling them or, or, or solving it for them. Like, oh, this is what we should do in our relationship with them, right? Like, well, you do it in relationship. <laughs> well, I believe <laughs> even people like me, we still have to be open yes. to accept that love. Yeah. I don't want that to be lost in the shuffle. No, no, so absolutely. If we, if we continue to, yeah, we enjoy that, that's, that. It's a non-starter if you're not willing to talk. Yeah. If you're not it, willing it, to be in relationship, we, we can't, there's no chance of solution. That is so, that so, is. so and that, and that's why in part, the, the answer is already in the question that, that if it's about being in relationship and about having open eyes conversations and connecting and relating with each other and, and honestly rebuilding trust, you know, um, and, and sometimes that starts with just simply being willing to take the risk of, of connecting and knowing that, that um, and this is the hard part to say that 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 you're going to be hurt again by them, in the process of trying to heal it. And because the reality is racism is real, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and even people who want to say that they want to be equitable and inclusive and uh, I even identify as it's kind of a weird thing to say as being identify as not being racist. Um, I think. I think uh, for myself, I think it's better to acknowledge where I am racist, you know, in terms of not saying my, my goal is that we don't have that as an, uh, that is anything that's like separate. a label. Yeah. Like a label, like, you know, there's like, if you're not willing to own how I've been, I've been trained towards racism, 
right? You know, that's how the culture is. And, 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 and this is from a Calif Western Californian person who, you know, like, I mean, like, uh, I, I, I've never had any ill feelings towards, you know, interracial marriage or like, you know, or date, you know, and like my, my last, my last boyfriend was from Burkina Faso, you know, from West Africa, you know, like, it's not, um, and, 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 and part of the challenge of that relationship was really trying to understand each other and understand those cultural differences and holding space for that, you know, and, and the different upbringing, I mean, so many differences, right, the, to, to reconcile and to make peace and, 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 and love, and love, and love, like, it comes back to that love and community thing. Again, it's like, you know, there, there's often so much pain and trauma that, that wasn't caused necessarily by me but by my society that I'm a part of mm -hmm. and, and um, by practices that I didn't even understand cause were discriminatory mm -hmm. or things that I was encouraged to do that were discriminatory. Mm -hmm. And, and it wasn't, you know, um, it's more than just an unconscious bias. It, it's social structures and things that have been here for a long time that and if we admit it, if we recognize it, then us together, we can begin to, break it down in love and that at the end of the day it's going to be love because i tell people when hate love conquers all really and we does. have to be we in love we get hurt sometimes again in love just True. like you just said in love is that but we have to be willing to take that chance because it's just like hope a life without a hope we are we are we are gone we, yeah we, and that and that's just it you, you know you're so right i mean like 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 you and i right you know like i think we really come from that space of of love and support and community and connection and and just feeling that that experience of that knowing that i mean i, I mean we haven't ever explicitly said i've never explicitly told you you can tell me anything <laughs> you know and i'll be totally okay with it and like let's just work through it you know and vice mm -hmm. versa right you know Absolutely. um you know, being willing to, to do that, you know, and, and not, not take offense necessarily, even if you are offended, right? <laughs> You're like, okay, you just said something really offensive yeah, about human. my just now and asked it, you know. <laughs> we, we get mad and we get over it. It's, it's like your family. We yeah. In a family, That's man, it. each other size out your right. fight and roll on you the know, floor. Look, you know, no, none of us are getting out of here alive. Oh, you know, no. we're all on the same freaking planet. We all have to, you know, work on the, if we really want to solve the environment, if we really want to help, you know, heal the plant medicines and heal these traumas and heal all this sort of divisiveness that we see, mm -hmm. we have to be willing to come together. And that's the Absolutely. Honor. Thank you. Dr. Sandra, I cannot let you go talk to me about what you are working. I know you uh, advise a lot of organization on ethics and all that. Tell me your current project, the stuff you are working on currently. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm working on a few different things. <laughs> so I'll tell you about okay. one of them. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to need a community to help give me support and making my we choices. Are super women, <laughs> women, we can go, 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 go. <laughs> I know. I think I think one of the things I've definitely been learning from from plant medicines and working more consciously with it is is how to find more more balance and and cultivate that. But I'm just but I'm super passionate, and and it, it's it's not work. For me, it's just, it really is love. I really just love it. And I, and, uh, and it comes out in various ways, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, okay, I got to do this in a balanced way to be able and make sure I'm serving myself and community as well so that I can keep doing this. Uh, but 
one of them I'm, I'm working with uh, psychedelicexperience.net, uh, which is trying to help. Uh, it's an international nonprofit. It's very grassroots, um, and and uh, we're trying to build a, a various uh, communities of advisory boards. So we have like a scientific advisory board. I'm I'm helping to build an ethics advisory board, and um, one thing that we may be developing now is a community advisory board, um, like for instance with plant medicines in different communities um, throughout the world. And I, I love that idea. You know, it really warms my heart with the thought that like, well, what if we can really get together? You know, at least in one space where we can we can collaborate and connect, and and work towards the greater good of at least in terms of the psychedelic experience, in terms of you know plant medicines and and sharing and connecting that wisdom and knowledge with each other in community, in community. So so um so yeah so I advise them. It's still it's still a growing process. It's still very new, um, in terms of my relationship with them. But but it excites me at the possibility, and it really makes me think through in a pragmatic way, which is, you know, what I mentioned before about psychedelic, it's about, you know, not just having the ideas and hanging out in the philosophical ivory tower and judging people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's about doing the work. And so I'm like, okay, I'm doing the work. Like, okay, what is, what does this look like? You know, or, or in community conversations I was in last week because of this concern about um, sexual abuse in the space, you know, we talked about racism. There's also concerns about that. Yeah. And, 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 and these are these aren't new concerns in the therapy space in general, let alone in the psychedelic plant medicine space. Mm -hmm. But um, but we need to find better solutions. And one of the things that was mentioned to people is that, you know, we first of all just have to own it. You know, we have to own it, just like we're talking about race. We have to own it. You know, mm -hmm. if we're not willing to honor and acknowledge the the problem or the challenge or the issue and recognize it and see the truth of it. Then, then, then it's hard to to begin. But um, obviously, education is important. You know, um, that you that know, which is what I love about you. Talking, I love about you. <laughs> as you were talking, that was what was just coming to my mind. That yes. part of the education is gonna be the key. It's gonna be the key. Well, you know, I mean. Um, I was talking to a few different communities and and I was and I tried to put together, I'm starting to put together what some of the ideas that I'm seeing from the community. I, I realized that part of what my how I can serve is helping to communicate what I'm seeing the community say. And so um, one of these is is about education. Um, another is about community support and conscious involvement in active resolution education and prevention, like, you know, having councils and advisory boards, um, having effective reporting mechanisms um, within communities, between communities and within the public, as well as having open, honest conversations that continue, not one that just shows up because of a blip of a news story, but that realize like we need to consciously cultivate having these conversations that that help bridge these understandings and and support one another. And, and the simple act, at least in psychedelic ethics and plant medicines, decriminalization. Uh, I don't think we're going to get very far on either side, and that's both below ground and above ground. People don't realize that some of the pressures on, you know, even the like clinical trials uh, for MAPS or others is the fact that it's illegal. Mm -hmm. it's it's legal in terms of these clinical trials because they've got permission in the west for in for the fda to have them and it's labeled breakthrough treatment both mdma and psilocybin but mm -hmm. um they're they want th there's this fear that you know oh if, if people freak out about psychedelic therapy or psychedelics then it's going to ruin any chances of any sort of legal medical therapeutics mm -hmm. right so like they may be tended to 
may have a desire to downplay um, those sort of concerns, right? Um, or, or vice versa, um, that you know, being underground makes it harder to report because you're worried about being arrested. Or yeah, what yeah. you were mentioning earlier, like even if it is legal, and even if it is permissible, if you haven't dealt with systemized racism, guess what? People are not going to feel comfortable coming to you, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and these, are, and, uh, these are real I things. I also think that we, as you see, the Bible says something. <laughs> it said the heart of man is desperately wicked. The heart of man is, is wicked. We, as human, after we have done all these amazing things that you, you just told us, I believe we as human, especially women in particular, have to be advocate for ourselves. We, we yeah. cannot afford to just trust anybody just like that. Yeah, this plant is amazing, but well, there's this saying in my in like my like you were saying about a boga. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off now. Yeah, um, but like, okay. but like you know, like you 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 can't you, it, 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 as much as you'd want to do it in an authentic, respectful way. You you're not going to be necessarily flying off to West Africa with a Bawati people with mm -hmm. a boga and receiving it from them. Mm -hmm. You know, even if that would be ideal. Yeah. You know, even if that would be the best way to practice the medicine and the same thing with ayahuasca, you know, how many, you know, like people like want to do the traditional, like I want a shaman or whatever, like, and then they go and do psychedelic <laughs> oh, tourism, I love the whole country. <laughs> All right. You're like, well, you know, there isn't just one way to do ayahuasca, right? Yeah. You know, they know there's different practices or like the problem with the availability, like uh, decriminalization obviously would help that, that if, if there were places here, people could practice. And, and some of the communities I work with, you know, like for instance, with the, there's an ayahuasca community um, I, I talk with that trying to figure out a way to preserve the integrity of the medicine and those traditions, yeah. Yeah. you know, with, with people while still allowing space for people to receive healing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and maybe Western medicine is part of that solution. Uh, maybe hey. an acknowledge, you know, I think, I think it's, it's a yes. And I think that's always a good way to go. It's yes. And, but just, you know, that we we have a danger of getting stuck in any of those mindsets Absolutely. and not and not coming across in the conversation but like uh, like iboga I, I you know a lot of people don't know how much respect you should have towards that plant medicine like a uh, deep deep respect uh, don't just <laughs> i freak out internally no, I, do. I, I, do people, I do i do too i do too when i hear the way people talk about it sometimes and i'm not saying oh you know you know it's no maybe because of my clinical background and when i go deep because i'm working on a master class the psychedelic as medicine master class that's yeah. covering both the classic and the non-classic psychedelics when me understanding the mechanism of action how of all the receptors that this plant this beautiful plant brings to the table when i see people I have, when I'm in, in clubhouse in my room, my disclaimer, I normally say is when I'm talking on a boga up to like three or four times, I keep repeating. Yeah, no, you should, you should, because, you know, and this is the thing, like, even with like, um, um, and, and I personally do, I've done a lot of work more with uh, the mushroom with, with psilocybin plant medicine. And, and uh, when I, when I do psychedelic facilitation, a lot of times I'm helping people make their own decisions, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about what I want, it's about what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but even that, you know, like even if you wanted to be freely available to everyone or want to share it with everyone, I'm in a decriminalized area that uh, if personal use and personal possession is um, 
permitted to the extent that it's the lowest priority of law enforcement. It's, it's not legal. And so it's not, you can, it doesn't deal with anything in terms of how you, you uh, distribute the mm -hmm. substance, right? Yeah. So like, but if I wanted to share with a whole bunch of different people, this plant medicine, uh, if people don't know, right, like what is an appropriate dose, what, for whatever intention, you know, you can do harm, you can Absolutely. do harm. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I like to think of it, um, by the way, not as harm reduction. I like to think of it as risk reduction, because I think if you have, if you take responsibility, um, getting back to my ethics chain, right, you know, um, if you take personal responsibility for your use and your relationship with the plant medicine and with plant medicine communities and with um, each other and mm -hmm. our world and with the natural environment, you do it consciously and responsibly. And, and that means um, getting enough education about it. And I know sometimes uh, we get so excited about finding a new possibility for healing that uh, we we just go for it. And I don't think there has to be any harms when you take these plant medicines. Then that's why Absolutely. I want to call it risk reduction. It's all about your intention. Even a quote unquote bad trip is there's no bad trips. You know, it's just something to work through. Um, which actually I should give a shout out to firesideproject.org. Uh, um, I always want to make sure I mention that if I can remember to, because um, we need more and more resources where we help each other in community to reduce the risk and and to support what we really want to create and in the healing. Absolutely. See, Dr. Sandra, we cannot fit you in <laughs> one episode. I just have to bring you back. I think that's <laughs> Always a pleasure. I got so much stuff still going on in my head, but you have been so generous with your time today. Talk to me, Dr. Sandra, where can our uh, audience listener, where can they find you? Uh, what are your platforms that you are you're used to? People that want to work with you. Maybe we have organizations that listen to the show as well. Maybe there are organizations out there they want you on their board or on their team. How can we connect with you? You know, I you know I get asked this question, and I'm not you know I keep I keep joking that I'm not so great on self promotion because I, I really want to promote community. Okay. And but but that said, you know, um, you know promote yourself on that. <laughs> oh, this is that oh, gonna promote yourself. That, that, that See, is me promoting myself. Community. Then that's and that's part of the that's it, a part we of the take shift care of on. community. Yeah, it's good to take care of community, but at the same time, no, it's, right. it's okay to be humble. Yeah, we are humble, but at the same time, bills got to be paid. It's if we true. cannot take care of ourselves, You're we're not so going right. to be effective for the others. And we are even doing the, those community disservice. See, sometimes we do stuff. Yeah, if we want to do charitable organization, we can create a chart. And I did, I learned this from a real a master teacher. I went into this uh, master uh, mastermind uh, type of classes. I paid yes. almost a thousand dollars for this course. Goodness. And I learned once he said, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not effective for, for your community. That is so true. And you are also doing injustice to that community because you're not, yes, you might think you are giving your best, but you are not you are not allowing them to really appreciate the values that you have uh, imparted in their life, and it's more it's more better to give than to receive. So when you give and somebody gives you back, they that gives you back, they are blessed. It's, it's just true. like when 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 we do something for people and they appreciate it, the joy. 
the, the joy it brings to our life is healing on itself. We got to take care of ourselves. I couldn't agree with you more. I love it and appreciate you so, so much for bringing this up and for, and for, for highlighting it because honestly, like, um, on, on things that I've actually written that you can, you know, discover one of which was about, you know, what does it mean to really love yourself and to have that space? Cause that's something I had to, to be taught. Mm -hmm. um that i was more taught the sort of self-sacrificial level but but um but uh, you know you can go to ohanaforest.com and and with the idea of it being community forest but that that is my site because a lot of people have a hard time spelling my last name which is dry block <laughs> so so it's, we're it's, gonna it's, have uh dr sandra's information on the show notes when we release this episode go continue dr sandra no That's i was just gonna say but i i still i definitely i so badly want to shift this mindset to a community mindset that i still want to mention the community first before i mention me and and it's not out of lack of acknowledgement of itself it's that i want to point out that you know it's these moments when we point towards the individual that we should be also thinking about the community that i i would not be here but for my communities that i'm involved in and i'm in, involved in so many so many communities that i you know like Part of me is starting to get inclined, like, okay, should I just make a list of all the communities I'm involved in and I support currently so that I can give acknowledgement to all the communities that made, um, like, uh, like everything that I shared about the ideas that I shared today, like our community ideas. They're not, they're not just mine, that I, I am a, a product and I work with community and in community. So, and that's also in part why it's Ohana Forest. Uh, and and I and I do know that comes from the Hawaiian tradition um, that I'm also studying, um, <laughs> but um, but the idea of of it being a family that the larger sense of family that that we're all interconnected, and and that's what I call my home. My home is called Ohana Forest, and and people can come visit me here. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> that is why she's the queen. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's why she's the queen. She is a villager, a villager. It takes. She does not go alone. She brings our whole village with her. That's why she's going. Yeah, you should always bring your ancestors, all of everyone. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. always with you. Everyone's always present with you. Um, and I think it's always important to acknowledge their, you know, everyone's presence. That, that is that the villager in her. <laughs> oh, Dr. Well, thank Sandra. you for bringing me to your community and, and welcoming me to your community. Thank you in so her, much. Thank you so much for being here. We are really, really appreciative of what you have done. You, you've blessed us with your amazing knowledge today. Folks, that is our show today. Like I said, we cannot package this coin in one episode. <laughs> I'm going to be bringing her back in the nearest future. But in the meantime, that's our show for today. For those of you that are not yet joined our village, I'm telling you, it's going to take a village. Slide in DM, go to wci-health.com. Or if you are an organization right there and you would like to support what we are doing, you want to sponsor this show, please slide in DM, lola at wci-health.com or wci-health19. Thank you, Dr. Sandra, for being here today. And until next time, folks, remember health equals wealth. Bye, guys. Bye, thank you so much. Bye.